How to play an evil character really well. So, this happened in Pathfinder instead of D&D, but that only matters because my character was a class unique to Pathfinder, where you add monster features to yourself as you level up. Be me, Canton the Human Summoner Synergist. Be not me, Dwarf Cleric Goblin Rogue Arcanist Human Barbarian. I've known the DM for a long time, and have guest roles sometimes in his main game role playing interesting NPCs, so he trusts me as a role player. Tell the DM before the new campaign I want to play an evil player character. He says he normally would not allow it. Explain that the character concept is to be an evil outsider reborn in human form. They are living a normal human life, but they have all the memories of the outsider, just none of the power. DM loves the idea. Talk, talk, talk. IRL roll nat 20 on persuasion check. DM allows me not to just play this character, but I'm the reborn fragment of a dead evil god. The first session starts with the cleric, goblin, and barbarian arriving by boat into the big city. The DM tells them it's evening and they are looking for a place to eat and sleep. I introduce myself as a street barker advertising Canton's family tavern and inn, and invite them back to my family's tavern. DM roleplays my mom and dad bossing me around at the tavern, while serving free meat pies to the party and having a fun first night party. ActInnocent.jpg The party asks about jobs in the big city, and Canton teaches them about hunting monsters at the edge of the city so it can expand. Go hunting with the party. When first combat starts, transform into four-armed werewolf monster. Party is confused. Asks what is Canton. Activate trap card Candor. Canton tells them without hesitation that he is the reincarnation of a piece of a dead demonic beast god from the DM's campaign setting. He remembers that life, but now he's been a human for 19 years and gotten used to it. Act like it is a normal character introduction. Party reaction is mixed. Barbarian thinks it's cool. Cleric is concerned but says I've been nice so far so he's cool with it for now. Goblin doesn't like me. She doesn't like anyone. Go questing as team starts leveling up. A few sessions later, Canton leads the party to a bathhouse and spa with all the money they have made. In the bathhouse, they meet one of the crime lords of the city. The crime lord offers the party some less than legal ways to make more money. Canton votes against it because he doesn't want to put his family in a bad position. The good cleric votes against as well, and the party refuses to do crime. Look even more innocent. Canton seduces the female dwarf foreman at a mining company to get better jobs and quests. Get a quest to help secure a tunnel that has run into a monster problem. Canton and the cleric go down the tunnel exploring. Party is still slightly wary of me. DeviousSmile.gif Begin telling the cleric about the local legend of the Jabberwocky, with claws and fangs, etc. Win every deception check. Charisma caster for the win. Cleric gets more and more scared as we find more ominous signs like a dead body in a cave. Look inside and see a troglodyte eating a miner. It turns and sees us. Canton and the cleric run away back through the tunnels of the mine. The cleric yelling Jabberwocky the whole way. Report the Jabberwocky to the foreman. Cleric fully believing it's a terrifying monster, tells the foreman honestly about the Jabberwocky and how frightening they are. Charge double to deal with such a terrifying monster. Troglodytes still seem too high level for the party right now, and running through the mines screaming has scared the dwarf miners who now refuse to work, and are threatening to strike and riot. Canton offers to stop the workers' revolt and deal with the monster for triple pay. Persuasion check with female dwarf foreman works. Give speech to dwarf workers. What has happened to the proud people from under the mountains? It seems many of you have forgotten the toughness of the dwarves. The dangers underground are dangers your ancestors conquered over and over again. 
Some of you sun-kissed surface dwellers have forgotten that. Turn the true dwarves against the surface dwarves who are cowards and unionists. Roll well on two out of three persuasion checks. The goblin player at this point realizes that I'm evil, because I'm using racism to suppress workers' rights for personal profit. Lead a small army of 20 true dwarf miners back into the tunnel, with a few normal troglodytes, and what turns out to be a half-giant troglodyte. Absolutely overwhelm the higher-level encounter with numbers. The boss retreats inside of its cave. Canton says something about glory to one of the dwarf miners to get them to rush into the cave, first as a way to check for traps. The party and the one brave miner kill the boss in the cave. The dwarf miner lands the killing blow. Canton hoists the dwarf miner here on his shoulders and tells the other miners of his bravery. Party is starting to put the clues together. A couple sessions go by. Rather than giving the party triple pay, the mining company establishes the party as part of a guild for military, security, etc. This comes with a nice mansion including servants, a library, and a lab. The cleric decides to research Canton and the dead god. The DM says he will allow it because of the library. Cleric rolls nat 20 plus 5 on religion check. Uh-oh. The DM explains the old demon beast god of lycanthropes and other evil magical beasts. Says a fragment of the dead god is residing in Canton and seems to be regenerating as Canton grows stronger. The neutral good cleric realizes that Canton is actually evil as well. Starts to get upset at the DM. The DM points out I told him in the very first session what I was, and he was okay with it, and hasn't had a problem until now. Have our first fancy dinner with the servants. Need to throw people off my trail. Try to get people to drink too much with me and turn it into more of a party. Nat one on persuasion check with servants. Drat. Turn into forearm monstrous demon beast god that has gotten scarier from level ups, but acts like an excited dog trying to make friends, and doing tricks for belly rubs. Nat one again. Double drat. The servants and residents of the mansion and guild are horrified by Canton's appearance. A few flee the room. The room goes totally silent and no one reacts. The cleric calls an emergency meeting with the goblin and the barbarian. They begin discussing the problems of Canton. Try to elicit sympathy by role-playing being really drunk and arguing with non-existent people. Whispering, don't judge me. Mean old servants. I worked at an inn, I know good service. Stuff like that. Players IRL put all the clues together and realize what makes Canton evil. At every step of the adventures, Canton has encouraged people using the seven deadly sins, rather than appealing to virtue. Gluttony with free food and lots of drinks at the start, greed to make money hunting, sloth to visit the bathhouse, lust with the forewoman, pride of the true dwarves, wrath of the miners on the monster. They figured me out before I found a chance to do envy. The session ends with the party having the if you had a time machine would you kill baby Hitler discussion without realizing it. Me and the DM agree to have Canton run away because of the traumatic experience of being shunned at the mining company and realizing that because of who he is he will bring more and more problems to his parents that took care of him when he was just a puny defenseless human. Become NPC. Become the BBEG for the campaign as the rest of the party decides to hunt Canton down to confront him and murder the baby evil god before he becomes too strong. It's traumatic for them because they're hunting down a party member that has treated them well. Become local role-playing legend. Absolutely legendary. And so is this next story. Listen to how a DM turns a throwaway comment into the greatest reveal I have ever seen. Apologies in advance for the length of this one. Some small bit of backstory. Few years ago, my brother played in a few RPGs and decided he wanted to give DMing a game himself a go. Unfortunately, he had trouble with a lot of systems. Complex rules don't really fit with him personally, and while he can work with them as a player, as a DM, it's another story. The fix was creating his own, simplified system, and as a sci-fi fan, he took the opportunity to make his own Star Trek-style setting. 
After a lot of trial and error, and admittedly several players coming and going, he settled on two groups. One much larger than the other. We have crossovers and feel each other's actions in our respective sessions. I'm part of the smaller group. Used to be bigger but due to life, commitments, etc., it has shrunk down to just two players recently. This works for us as we can't make the same sessions as the main group, but still enjoy being part of the in-game universe. We've had some insane plot twists, arcs, and NPCs over the years, culminating in this most recent story. A few months back we were introduced to a new quest giver, a suave businessman and all-around charming guy called Alistair, who wanted to contract our ship for a series of jobs. We immediately didn't trust him, but after a while found ourselves taking side missions and developed a working relationship. Honestly, he won us over. Eventually he told us he wanted us to work for him full-time, leaving the faction we worked for, and our all-time favorite NPC. We declined, of course, but he was persistent, pulling out all the stops to convince us, favors, gifts, even paying for a full retrofit for our ship. Still not enough. That was until two things happened. The first was our NPC co-pilot leaving the party, at the culmination of his personal quest. The second was our aforementioned favorite NPC getting sick. Really sick. This guy is some sort of telepathic super-being. It's a long story, but essentially every character has multiverse evil counterparts. But this guy doesn't. He's unique. We did what we could to find the source of his illness, and imagine our shock when we discover that it can be traced back to his multiverse counterpart. Noticing some similarities between the two, we begin to suspect Alistair and his counterpart. We finally agree to switch sides, secretly planning between us to use our insider knowledge to figure out what was going on. On our most recent mission, we're tasked to visit a high-security prison facility due to a tip-off that one of the prisoners was going to escape. Pretty much our entire rogue gallery is here, and we learn the place is still recovering from a visit from the other PC group. Something immediately seems off. Just hearing who we are working for sends shivers through our old enemies, and no amount of persuasion will get them to reveal why. The warden, of course, is adamant. The place is impenetrable and leads us to the prisoner. The guy is standard villainous fare, right down to his name, the Annihilator. He swears he has no plans for a breakout, etc., etc. Cue the breakout. Power fluctuates, things go wrong. We rush back to the cell, and he's dead along with his guard. We go searching for whoever did this to no avail. We inspect the course and find signs we've seen before. A strange goo-like substance that appears on this RPG's sci-fi undead. He attacks us and of course, being RPG players, we decide to blow up half the corridor to put him down. Still doesn't work. Scanners are still reading an undead. We try to get our ship AI to specify, but he's been acting weird lately. Something we've chalked up to character development. We do everything we can to figure this out. Checking CCTV and personnel files. Turns out there's an extra guard on the premises, not on the records. Alistair calls and we update him, tell him what happened and that we're fine. He decides to send backup. The backup is an assassin we've killed before, an assassin now reanimated for the second time. Red flags are obviously glaring, but he convinces us he is now on our side. We watch him carefully. We find the guard, also an undead, and the other PC kills him. Sensing his moment, the assassin tries to attack us and mysteriously drops dead. The warden thanks us, but his searches have revealed even more disturbing things. First, one of our worst villains has escaped, leaving a duplicate behind in his cell. Second, the Annihilator doesn't add up. He's been in the prison for a while, but he has no records of his transfer or capture. It's as if he simply appeared from nowhere. We decide to confront Alistair, but first we call our favorite NPC. He's not doing so well, and on a whim I decided to tell a lie. My plan being that if Alistair is somehow listening in, he will pick up on it. Alistair calls immediately feeding us lines about his information being bad, not knowing our history within the assassin, etc., etc. 
Then when I bring up the topic I lied about, he simply says, if you want to tell me something, you can always say it to my face. I panic and the other PC starts asking what is wrong. I scan the ship for bugs and they show none. What they do show is that the ship's AI has a virus. Alistair has control of everything. He knows everything, right down to the plans we've been discussing right here on the ship. The retrofit was just a cover to replace our AI, back before we even suspected he was up to something. Every mission we have done for him, even before our favorite PC got sick, was to increase his power and his hold over us. We were playing checkers and this dude was playing 4D chess. As we struggle to do damage control of the situation, a second ship arrives and our co-pilot, the guy who's been missing since all of this began, walks on board. We missed a call from him a while back and have been trying to contact him ever since. None of our calls have gotten through and we couldn't understand why. Now we know. The session ended on this cliffhanger, but suffice it to say he's been trying to warn us the entire time and our AI has kept us in the dark. There's a lot more to this than I can even fit in a post as long as this one, but months of planning, foreshadowing, and weaving of stories have gone into this one reveal. The best part? It turns out he did all this based on a single conversation I had completely forgotten about over six months ago. He remembered me talking about how much I loved a suave master planner, who was always one step ahead. He wrote it down and he created Alistair Drake. Two stories with masterful DMs encouraging epic role-playing. Tell us about your incredible DMs, or how you pulled off an amazing twist in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel All Things D&D. Stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content.